<laughs> Season one, let's do it. Hey, beautiful humans, you're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns so that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Hey, 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 guys. Hope you guys are having a great week. I recorded this episode just a couple days ago with Carla. So I didn't expect the episode. I mean, it just exceeded my expectations. Like, I knew it was going to be a good episode, but like, wow. The conversation just flowed. Um, It was just so easy to talk to her. And now I, I actually have to tell Carla this. The Libra and Aries connection is so real and we complement each other very, very well. So I'm thinking that's why the conversation flowed so beautifully. Um, Carla's journey back to herself is truly amazing and inspiring to myself. And I know it'll be inspiring to you too. We have such similar stories and that's kind of like what's really scary. And like we're both the same age and... I don't know, just so many beautiful connections, and like we said in the episode, we hope to, we will, we will meet in person one day. We just have a beautiful soul soul connection, and there's no way that can go ignored. So wherever it may be, I know we're going to connect. But that was really just my second interaction with Carla. So I know you guys will enjoy this episode. I don't know what you should be doing. Just do something like really calm when you listen to this episode. Like draw a bath, lay in bed, close your eyes, and just let it flow. Let it come through you. Let it go through you. Don't like do busy work like while you're listening to this episode because it's going to hit. And I'm really excited to hear your feedback. So I'll stop talking now and enjoy the show. Do you want to be in optimal health by having better digestion, glowing skin, better sleep, and more energy? That's where I come in. I help women heal so they can own their bodies by having better digestion cycles and moods. My customized programs are for you if you have thyroid issues, gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, acne, or other chronic conditions, and if you're committed to making the food and lifestyle changes needed in order to reach your goals. If this sounds like you, shoot me an email to schedule your free discovery call at kiaramariewellness at gmail.com. Now back to the show. But I understand your pain and frustration. 
Yeah, no, it's the same for me. I used to get up at six every morning. Now I'm getting up at eight, going to bed like at 11 or midnight. And I'm like, usually in bed by nine on the dot. And I'm so like, I love it so much and I miss it. And I like keep telling myself, okay, tomorrow, okay, tomorrow. And I'm like, no, Kiara, just cut the shit and just just freaking do it. Yep. But, um, okay, I already hit record because I thought that was a really beautiful, like, intro into uh, <laughs> the conversation. Just but... put me on the spot like, oh, my God, I was not prepared. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just so, kidding. Um, so, everyone, this is Carla. Hi, everyone. Wow. <laughs> By the way, Kiara's breaking my podcast cherries, so yeah. this is a first for me. So thank you very much for welcoming me. Oh, my God. Thank you. Like, I'm so honored to have you on the show. Um, my client, Greshka, I was telling you about, um, she she sent me a video of yours. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to check out this girl. And, like, everything that you're about is, like, so in line with what I'm currently seeking and that's beautiful you have definitely a beautiful presence on social media and it carries with you as I talk to you so you you're a real one <laughs> in my heart as you say that because it's so felt and I really I don't take words lightly words hold a lot of weight for me I'm really intentional about the way I speak so when people express such beautiful sentiments like you're going to make your girl cry, okay? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really appreciate that. You as uh-huh. well. And um, for those of you who don't know, we just recently connected. Yeah. We are virtual friends. Um, for now. <laughs> for now. I'm sure we're going to meet at some point in, in person once outside opens. I find that saying really funny. When um, outside opens. Because obviously it. outside is open, but. Moving on. Um, Yeah, so this is a very aligned connection. Her and I have a lot of resonance, and uh, we walk similar paths, I feel. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing my thing with nutrition, and uh, she's a functional, correct, functional. Yeah, it's it's like holistic nutrition. It's it's a long, there's so many words and letters, and I'm like, right. Just call it what yeah, it is. So let's, let's go there because when people ask me, like, so what do you do? I'm like, well, that's a loaded question. Or, like, who are you? Like, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll start with saying um, I'm a holistic health coach specializing in plant-based nutrition. Uh, for my astrology nerds out there, I'm a Libra sun, Leo moon, Scorpio rising. So... I got a little bit of everything in me. Like I'm very, I'm very grounded, but I can be very extroverted, but I can also be super introverted and mysterious and like private and all the things. Um, but yeah, I think it's just important to realize that these are just labels. And that's one of the reasons I don't even call myself a vegan or like someone who's plant-based because I don't ever want to feel restricted and confined within my own means. And like, if I want to have something that has dairy in it, I'm going to have it and I'm not going to be guilty about it. And mm. I don't want to feel pressured when people are like, well, you know, I thought you were vegan or I thought you were this or I thought you were that. And I think these labels are created to help people 
understand us better, but personally, I don't fall under any category. I, I just am. You know what I mean? Like, I just do what feels good for me at any given moment. I really try to remain grounded because life is brazy sometimes. So mm, I love that so much. And in a world and culture of like where social media is huge and there are Instagram accounts, it's like plant-based so-and-so, keto so-and-so, paleo so-and-so. And it's, you're right. It does help people understand and like maybe find their tribe. But like what I think truly matters at the end of the day is the choices that you make, the light that you bring. And that at the end of the day is what attracts the right people into your life, which I feel is like everything you're about. 100%. Is that safe to say? Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's chat about what even led to that journey, to finding yourself and like coming back home and like just being who you are today. Mm. Yeah, so... I mean, my journey is one that when I when I think about journey, I think about from the moment we came into this world, like that's when our journey starts. And it's been a long one, uh, nearly three decades. Um, It's kind of crazy to think about who I was even just a year ago, like five years ago, me was like. Who, who is she? Like, I don't know her. <laughs> and I have compassion for her and I love her, but I'm just so far removed from who I used to be. It's it's really trippy to think about. But um, I, I guess I'll start with food being a huge contributing factor to my healing journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I am 100% Colombian. I grew up in a Colombian household. God bless my parents. I love them and adore them to death. And they did the best that they could with the resources and the tools that they had. And part of our culture, uh, food-wise, is a lot of meat. We eat a lot of beef and pork and chicken, and fish, just all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I guess by the time I got to, like, my junior year of high school, I remember feeling extremely ill whenever I would eat red meat and pork specifically. So physically, my body would reject these things in the form of um, bloating, constipation, diarrhea. A lot of it was digestive rooted. Um, And then that kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, what is really going on here? Because this is our body's way of communicating with us and letting us know something is wrong. Whatever we're doing at that time, like it's something that our body doesn't like. So we should look into that. And I guess that's where the wheel started turning for me. And I started paying attention to the food that I was putting into my body. So um, I started by removing beef and pork. And sure enough, a lot of those digestive issues subsided. And that kind of grew into um, eventually me not eating chicken anymore, um, fish, 
I honestly still have maybe once a month. Like it's not anything I have consistently. I do like to include those foods uh, as far as fish goes in my diet. Um, as long as it's high quality, it's locally sourced and, um, I'm doing it with intention. You know, there's a reason why I feel like my body might need that extra support that plant-based foods might not be able to offer me. Mm -hmm. Um, So food, yeah, something I like to point out also is, and I think I spoke about this with you during our initial conversation when we first met, and I spoke about how When we're little kids, one of the first things we learn in science class is the law of conservation of energy, which is energy cannot be destroyed or created. So once I thought, I don't know why this clicked for me, but it just did. When I thought about the food I was putting into my body and how it was harming me, not only on a physical level, but what it was doing to me spiritually and emotionally and mentally and when we think about the trauma that these animals go through um, during their lifetime and how they're just completely, I mean, I won't get into the details of it yeah. because I think we all know at this point, you know, because mm-hmm. um, it's out there. Information is out there. And why do I feel like I'm exempt from taking on that energy that the animal went through the trauma the pain um the mother you know her calf being removed from her it's it's not just like it's all these things it's very layered so once I thought about that and I thought about how that affected my spiritual journey and how ultimately I want to be as light as I can I want to be as pure as I can and I can't I just I can't willingly put something in my body that I know equates to death. That to me just doesn't make sense. Um, That's a reason a lot of people who are on this spiritual path as well um, end up kind of experimenting with raw foods because raw foods are living. They're completely 100% alive. They're not even like cooked and that's like next level. I don't, I don't know if I would ever even get into that, but it doesn't resonate with me right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I also understand that it's diet and food is not a one size fits all. It's it's very um, bio individual, and we can't expect you know what works for someone is going to work for us because we're so different. Um, so it's really about tuning into what feels good for us and what supports our bodies the most. Um, so another thing as far as healing goes. A big thing that comes up for me is solitude. Um, I used to be extremely codependent um, in romantic relationships um, with my family. You know, it, it was to the point where I wouldn't even make any decision, especially life de- decisions, like life altering, without the not only input, but Almost like having, yeah, having someone else decide for me. Mm. Um, So was it codependency in the sense that, okay, yeah, you relied on others or also, because I know there's like- I needed my my hand held for everything. Okay. Like I I depended on other people to do things for me. 
And Mm -hmm. I, it's almost like I didn't have a voice of my own. And I think I like to think that I did, but if I'm being honest with myself right now, when I look back at that, I definitely needed to be alone in order to heal from that. Um, and a large part of that has to do with my upbringing, you know, being the, the last child, um, the baby of the family, um, you know, just like that first child syndrome exists. I think the same goes for, for the last born, especially when you have such a huge age gap. Like my brother and I, um, he's the middle child and we have almost a 10 year difference between us. Mm. So I basically grew up like the only child and I was just babied. And, um, that kind of bit me in my ass, if I'm being honest, as I became an adult, because I didn't have my own voice, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, um, totally. So solitude really just allowed me to make space for, my traumas and face them head on. Um, something that I don't think is possible when you have other energies that are intertwined with yours and affecting how you move and how you think and your decision making and your own thought process. You know, when you sit with yourself and you're intentional about it, it allows space for everything that wants to come to service to come up so we can acknowledge it. And so we can transcend these things. Um, And in that same breath, my tribe was also really important to my healing. I don't think I could have gotten as far as I've came if it wasn't for my support system. And that's, you know, my mom, my sister, um, my girlfriends, like just people who, don't judge me, people who accept me for who I am completely. They don't have expectations of me. Um, you know, it's not a conditional relationship. It's very like open arms, open mind, um, and time. You yeah. have to be patient with yourself and you have to be gentle. And the same way that traumas aren't created overnight, neither is healing. You have to give yourself that gentleness and the way you would handle and, and care for and speak to a child. Like, remember that, you know, just because we're in these grown up bodies doesn't mean we're not those same little kids. Like we still need that gentleness and we have to provide that for ourselves before anyone else can do that for us. Um, so that was a huge part of my healing as well. Just, telling myself it's okay and seeing these things that you know I may not want to revisit from my childhood that I have to in order to forgive and move on and release um so it's a lot yeah it's a lot it's a lot that goes into it. It's not just one thing. And I feel like when you start to dive into one thing, like the food thing for you, that may bring up other things that need to come to the surface as well. And I can relate to everything that you just said so much. I feel like my journey, um, like you said, it starts from birth and all those childhood memories um, are still in there. And while we might not remember most, there are some that are very, very vivid and clear and tend to hold some sort of energy in our vessel and bring up some 
something that we subconsciously carry into any type of relationship, I feel like, um, whether that's romantic or platonic or just a friendship, um, the relationship you have with your family, your parents. Um, and it's definitely something to explore, I feel like, because that allows you to get to know yourself. And it's a reminder that that child, like you said, still exists in that body and being gentle with yourself and holding space for yourself as you're going through this healing journey because I mean, there are going to be days that you, you are just so frustrated with yourself and they're not fun. I mean, I feel like doing the work is, is not, it, it's, it's the best, but it's also, it, it's, it's the worth best it. of times and it's the worst of times. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so being gentle with yourself is so important. Um, but I want to revisit the the whole food aspect. So as you were saying, like everything is so bio-individual, but for you and your body and your mind and your spirit, this is what works for you. And you're not here to try to convert anyone. Because I feel like that's what I was trying to get to with the codependency thing too, because I feel like this is something that I've done personally thinking that because something works for me, it's going to work for everyone else. And I need to tell everyone about it and I need to fix them. And that was my codependency, especially with my loved ones. Mm. I never thought about codependency in that sense. I always thought of it as like, okay, yeah, I needed needing someone else's validation, which I've had like both ends of the spectrum. I needed someone else's input. They needed to make the decision for me because I wasn't capable of it like you said I felt like I didn't have a voice and that throat chakra just needed to be cleansed and cleared and that um, is so real I resonate with that so much yeah it's um and I'm sure you have a lot to say there too because you embarked on your own solo trip to Bali I'm so jealous I literally looked at a plane ticket the other day and they're so inexpensive. And I was looking at Airbnbs too. I got to hit you up. We got to talk about this. Yeah. Um, I'm actually putting out a Bali travel guide um, on my website. So I'll, I'll plug myself in a little later. Okay, Okay. cool. We don't get there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But um, yeah, so Bali was, Well, first of all, if you follow me already on social media, I feel like I'm annoying at this point because I just, I bring up Bali all the time, but I kid you not, since I've been, since I went to Bali, it literally follows me everywhere now. Like I have frogs and lizards outside of my window, something that's never, that I've never, this is my child, not my childhood, this is like my teenage years house and that's never been the case I've never seen lizards and frogs and I literally like slept with them like crawling up my bedroom in Bali it's just oh my god is there so it's just totally natural do you feel Um, called to go back 100% I know I'll be back just a matter of time um but Bali has not seen the last of me that Mm. is for sure um the timing of it all was just almost eerie. Like it's almost like, how can you not believe in a higher power when things like that happen? Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I guess I'll just give you the short nutshell version of it. Um, I was at the time um, working a corporate job for a streetwear brand who I will not mention. Um, And it started off really fulfilling. I was really happy in the role. And eventually towards the end, uh, there were some uh, changes in the company and I was extremely unhappy to the point where it led to a severe anxiety attack. Um, the worst I've ever, ever been through. I used to get them during uh, my dark hole year, which was 2016. I got them a few times. Um, I was depressed. I was anxious. It was not a good place. So when that happened to me while I was at work, it was a huge wake-up call. And I was like, all right, I don't believe in coincidences. I think everything has a purpose. So what is this trying to tell me? Because I know that I didn't feel like this when I started. And if my body is physically rejecting me being at work, I mm. it's something I'm looking into. So I really just had to sit with myself and um, I had to be honest and I had to put my fears aside and the worries and the what ifs and just be like, you know what, I'll be okay. I just know that this isn't the place for me right now. It doesn't feel good. I don't, it sucks the joy out of me. It's, it's just not somewhere I want to be. So in the midst of all this, The anxiety attack I'm referring to happened the day after my birthday, after my 26th birthday. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was right after your birthday. Oh, dang. Yeah, it was the day after. Like, and it was a super normal day. Like, the sun was out. I had just gotten back from lunch. Like, I love my coworkers. Like, that's something I will say. Um, That's one of the reasons, if I'm being honest, that I considered staying because I had such a beautiful relationship with a lot of my colleagues. Um, But it happened the day after my birthday and it happened on a Friday. HR was involved at that point. So they were fully aware of the situation of what I I had been going through up until that point. And Mm -hmm. so that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And I had my trip to Bali planned on Wednesday of the following week. That was like my birthday gift to myself. And I decided to take a mental health day off on that Monday. So I went back to work Tuesday. Long story short, um, parted ways with the company. And as soon as I got on that flight to Bali the next day, I just had this intuitive knowing that I was not going <laughs> for the amount of time I had planned. I was supposed <laughs> to be there. And I stayed for a month. Um, Amazing. And it was really just about trusting my intuition. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like I have, I especially during my trip, how did you, like, you went by yourself for a month 
to a country you've never been to where you don't know the language, you don't know the culture, you don't know how to get around, you know, what if they steal from you? What if, you know, what if this, what if that? And I, like, I promise you, maybe I had one or two thoughts that just kind of slipped my mind, but it was never anything I fixated on because I just trust, I trusted my my intuition so much that I knew that no matter what I was safe and I was protected. And this was something that my soul needed. Like it was a non-negotiable. I had to do it. Um, and I'm so mm-hmm. grateful I did because honestly, when you have solitude in itself is really powerful, but when you add a life changing experience like that to the equation, it just like, it's next level. Like, you have to connect with people, you have to put yourself out there, you know, you have to, I tried to learn the language, like, by the the, the time I left Bali, I was, people thought I was from there, like, literally, like, Uh I mean, I was, yeah, it was just amazing, so fulfilling in so many ways, um, it's funny you're saying this, I'm sorry, sorry, no, I was just okay, gonna say go it, it's um it's funny you're saying this because I literally had this conversation with my mom last week when I was looking at uh, flights uh, to Bali and an Airbnb, and she looks at me and she's like, "No," and I was like, "What do you mean no?" <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean no, mom? Like this is a non-negotiable for me. Like I'm going." And I I brought it up to her before, but I think because I was like actually looking at stuff now, she was like, Oh my God, she's serious. She's like, you can't yeah. go to another country by yourself. Like, what are you crazy? Like, do you know how dangerous that is, Kiara? And blah, 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 blah. And like, while I, I'm not a mom, so I don't, I feel like I can put myself in her shoes because I would feel that way about my loved ones and just, but at the same time, I would also want to empower them and also maybe give them some resources to take the proper precautions because, I mean, solo traveling is a thing. But I feel like if you step out into any part of the world um, alone, stepping outside of your house alone, anything could happen. You're taking a risk every single day. Um, so why not do it when you're actually fulfilling your soul and doing what your soul desires in order to keep on growing in life in so many aspects. I feel like Bali or wherever someone wants to travel to solo, like, I mean, Bali is not the last place I want to travel to solo. There's so many places. Um, But I feel like it's a whole different experience. You don't have the distractions or schedules to be on. It's just, it's just you and your mind and your body and you get to do whatever you want and sitting with yourself can like just like in quarantine too I feel like it can bring up so many different like a wide range of emotions and now you have this beautiful space and time to get to know them a little bit more yeah yeah I agree with everything you just said and as you were saying that I remembered a moment in Bali um where I felt unsafe and it was one time um didn't last very long but I thought about in that moment how I would handle the situation had I had someone else with me Mm -hmm. and I think that's something 
that's one of the reasons why people are so fearful and hesitant about traveling by themselves because you know that you're kind of bound to encounter situations that are going to make you uncomfortable that is a fact and it it's going to be on different levels um but that's part of what traveling does for you um it's part of the lessons it's part of the experience and to do that by yourself is probably the best gift I could have given myself because I had to walk myself home. I had to, I had to hold my old, my own hand. I didn't have anyone else to rely on for protection or for, um, comfort. You know what I mean? So you have to give that to yourself. Um, and I think one of my biggest takeaways from that trip was, understanding how truly powerful it is when vulnerability is present. And what I mean by that is the connections I made with people who I still talk to until this day um, were just, they shook, they shook my soul like completely. I learned so much about other people and their journeys and people from all different walks of life. And every conversation I had where I think about these, these relationships that I created with then strangers who are now friends, um, vulnerability was present in every one of those conversations. So, yeah, I, I guess my message is just there's true strength in being vulnerable with another being. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the best medicine. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing. It's the best thing you can do for them. You can do for yourself. It creates authentic, resonant connections. Like not not that surface level stuff. Like that real like. Yes stuff we yearn for in life you know Mm. and I'm so grateful to have found it in those people and as I continue to evolve you know attract the people that I have in my life as of now um I agree yeah that's what this whole podcast is about is being vulnerable because I have always seen that I've always just spoke what's what's on my heart and I felt like I've been told like, Kiara, you're too emotional. Or like, why would you say that? Or like, you're literally risking everything. And it's just like, I don't know. I just can't help it. And well, yes, that was, um, there was also like some trauma wounds behind that as well. But putting my heart on my sleeve and just being so vulnerable in every conversation lights me up so much having real and raw conversations with you um people in my household and people that i meet through social media sometimes i have deeper connections with those people than i do with you know friends in real life because but think about why that is tell me i want you to think about it think about why because that is because we don't... i have my take on it but I'm curious to know why you feel like it's easier to connect with someone who doesn't know you yeah. rather than someone who knows all of you already. I wouldn't say, I mean, I guess they, maybe I would only show, well, 
No, I don't want to say that because then that's not being a hundred. I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent vulnerable yet with everyone that I meet. I'm not like showing every, because I think at some point there is a mask that we put on. Um, and so removing that and showing that to the people that I do have a connection with, I feel like then it is a deeper intimate connection. But I think when we meet people in person, there's so many judgments that could be placed. And I don't know, there's just something about like not having all of that via the internet. Mm. You know what I mean? What's your take? I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's it's the judgment piece of it. Um, When people know about your past and when people know your ugly days and your bad days and they know your highs and your lows and everything in between. It's easier to, when you express vulnerability with someone who you don't know and who you know that, you know, after this conversation, I don't even have to talk to this person ever again if I didn't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's easier to put everything out on the table because then, you don't have that like, oh no, like what if what if they know that about my past and like what if they hold that against me or like see me through that lens still. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that like still my relationships now, um, vulnerability is the key integral piece. I don't think I could have such fulfilling relationships if it weren't for that. And Hmm. yeah, Yeah. I I just, I wish people found more, more solace and more, more power in that. Yeah. It is definitely viewed as like a weakness. I feel like there's more of a movement towards that though. Like lean into your vulnerability, which I love. I love the direction that the health and wellness space is heading in. I feel like this movement is going to be life altering. And, um, Oh, there's like something that happened. There's something like the Mayans, you know how like in 2012, they said that the world was going to end. And like, according to the Mayan calendar, do you remember that? Yeah. So that was actually the death of like an old world and like the beginning of a whole new movement. I can't remember for the life of me what it's called, but I was like, ah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, shift. Yeah, exactly. Um, so along with that, yeah, I feel like this whole movement is happening in such a beautiful time and space. Um, vulnerability is not something to be afraid of. And I feel like, a lot of people are afraid to be vulnerable because of maybe some past traumas um, that may have taken place in their childhood. And maybe a father or an authoritative figure told them, don't cry or be a man or don't show emotions or because then you're like letting the other person win or whatever the case. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's not even through what we're told, but it's also what we're not told that people don't think about. Um, You know, my upbringing, I'm a first-generation Colombian-American. So 
I think, and it's true for a lot of us of our, our generation, um, our parents were never given the tools or the resources to express themselves. Um, they were never asked, how are you? How are you feeling? Let's talk about what you're going through. How can I support you? They don't know what that language looks like. So for us, we're, we're self-taught. Like, mm. thankfully, you know, we incarnated in a time where the shift is happening now and we're living through the paradigm shift and people are more open to talking about their traumas and more open to going to therapy. But, you know, my, my father, for instance, um, he had this cycle of having super explosive reactions to, could have been the most minuscule thing. Like it could have been me knocking over a cup of water when I was little, like something like that. But it would trigger him in a way where he would have these really explosive reactions. And as a child, I was terrified of my father, completely terrified. Um, and so when I would see him react that way, I would immediately go into my shell run upstairs, lock myself in my room and cry. Like, like for hours I would cry. And without a shadow of a doubt, he would knock on my door. He would come in, apologize. I'm sorry. I don't know why I reacted that way. I apologize. And he would come back in and, you know, hug me, kiss me just to do the same thing all over again the next day. And so this kind of bled into my relationship with men as well. Like if if we're going to go there, let's take it there. Um, I think that's worthy of looking at like, you know, this, this narrative of men are trash and like men are this men are that like, let's look at why we attract the type of men that we attract because it starts with us. It doesn't start with them. There's a reason why we're attracting that that kind of man because there, there's, al- there's always a pattern. Your pattern isn't the same as mine, but there's a pattern. Um, and lo and behold, I mean, my, you know, my past relationship, it was like he mirrored my father in so many ways um, from literally their childhood. Like they had the same mom the same religion um the same like you know not a present father like everything was just very mirrored and I had to sit with myself and be like okay like I understand that it's not my fault that I was treated this way and like I know my father did the best he could and he loved me the best way that he could (sighs) but I have to stop the cycle and I have to end it with me because I think about when I think about the work, it's so much more than just me. It's so much deeper than that because I want to bring children into this world one day. Mm -hmm. And if I don't resolve that, even if I don't want to, because this is subconscious, this isn't something that we deliberately do. It's something that's deeply embedded and ingrained in our subconscious and in our wiring. So that's part of the work. And 
I had to keep it real. And it's one thing to acknowledge these things, but the rewiring part is, is the part that is considered the work. Because mm-hmm. yes, you can sit there and say, I understand that this happened to me and like connect the dots and like, oh, okay, like this is why I attract this type of individual. And this is why I keep putting myself in this situation. But what is it going to take for me to stop the cycle? Um, and for me, that was solitude. I just, I had to completely be like, I was celibate for almost a year. I had to like just really do everything that I had, I had never done before because what, what do they say about insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again. Oh yeah. And expecting a different result. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to do something I'd never done before. And it was, it was that like I had to just be with myself and not have these distractions, you know, really think about, what kind of person do I want to attract into my life? Not only romantically, but just like, who do I want around me? Who do I want? What is, what does my tribe look like to me? Like, what are the qualities of someone who uplifts me and supports me? Um, so yeah, I went like way, way right. I'm like sitting here and like just trying to like hold everything together just for the podcast and then cry after we're done here because you and I have such, and I I feel like so many people can relate to what you just said, but every word that you just said, that that father wound like is a hundred percent me. And I've luckily been able to have this conversation with him and that was just like a month ago. And like, as I'm doing the work, because I know the only way, through is is by having those those uncomfortable conversations that I don't want to have with him and oh <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together but um let it out that's what we're here for let it out it's just like it's so hard because it was an unpredictable environment and so yeah if if he had an explosive reaction that would send me into this flight or flight mode, fight, fight or flight mode, right? As a child um, and retreating. And we would never talk about it except when he would feel remorse and be like, I'm sorry, mama. And then maybe re- re- like apologize with some sort of gift of some sort. Um, so that's how he resolved it. But um, I don't blame him. And right. I was sure to tell him those things and because he apologized I'm sorry I didn't know you felt that way um I think all throughout those times like he would come to me and be like I'm sorry mama like I'm trying to change and so it was never like but I never saw those steps it was just waiting until the next time and the next time so that's Mm -hmm. what I I grew up with and um it was really really hard to see as a child and then living in secrecy too like when I was a teenager and like having to hide things from my parents and not having that open line of communication was also um something that I've carried into my relationships and not feeling like I could be open and honest until I did have a partner who did mirror my dad in so many ways even yeah like from childhood too um 
And I was like, oh my God, I feel safe enough with this person to be able to face these things that are coming up for me. Um, and he wasn't rejecting them. He was supportive and he was calling me out and being like, this is, you're doing this, you're doing this now. And I, I'm so grateful for that person. But I, when I had that conversation with my dad, he was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't blame you, but I'm glad you're taking responsibility, but you don't know any better because that's exactly what you have done to you. Exactly. So I think trauma can be carried through generations. It's like proven in the science. I'm actually reading a book. If someone is interested in buying it, it's called It Didn't Start With You by Mark Wollen. It is <laughs> that title. Oh my God. I, Jeez. I cry like every, every time I pick it up and read it because it's just like, it's so validating. Like I, I knew about multi-generational trauma, but I was like the science behind it though. Things that your mom experiences, things that your grandmother experiences, things that your grandfather experiences, things that your father experiences, the, the trauma is imprinted in his sperm and the trauma is imprinted in her womb. And then then you're born and it's almost like you've you felt the same experiences that they have and then you carry these patterns on without knowing i think like two percent of your dna is actually like your looks and how you resemble your parents but the rest of it it was once deemed negligible but now the rest of it, it like with through, through all the trauma studies and everything it's it's all the behaviors and patterns that you take along with you too unknowingly yeah. So the trauma work, it's not, it's not, like you said, it's the best of the times and the worst of the times. And it's so worth it though, because you don't want that to be carried on and on and on. And like the, the best part about it is, I feel like this is the majority of the battle is being aware of it. If you're not aware of it. I mean, obviously you can't do anything about it. Right. But- Jay-Z coined the, the beautiful phrase, you can't heal what you can't reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, Man, it's so true. And hearing you speak about your conversation with your father, first off, I commend you so much. It's not easy. I did it. I did Mm -hmm. it as well. And it's not easy. But it is probably the most important pivotal shift in your healing journey. That father wound for girls is is so real. Maybe arguably even more than the mother wound. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to have a conversation. Who I'm I'm grateful my Reiki practitioner encouraged me to do. Um, I was having an energy scan. This was about two years ago, or a year and a half. About um, I was you know, laying on the table, she was doing an, a reading for me. And the first thing that came up was I had extremely dense energy in my throat chakra. So chakras mm-hmm. are these energy centers we have distributed through our body. And the throat chakra is uh, very deeply connected to our voice and communication. And It was during this time that I had had a conversation with my mom expressing to her how I felt like I was going crazy because there were things that I needed to say to my father that I was just so scared to talk about, but it was eating me alive because 
again, I think that's, that's one of the ways we can pick up on intuition because it's these things that come up in us that we can't shake off. Like it's like, it's almost consuming. Um, and that's what it was for me. It was just this consuming desire to speak to him. I knew I had to do it. And I can't tell you why at that moment, why it was like it was then, but it just was. And um, right after that session, I was the holidays. So I traveled. um, I was living in New York City still at the time. And I traveled back home to my parents. And um, I cried like a five-year-old. I I was literally in his lap, like crying. Um, But it was such a beautiful moment for us and something that I'll always cherish. Because even if, you know what, like, even if they're set in their ways and the behavior doesn't change, it's not about that. It's not about them. It's about you. And you need to release that burden and that weight that you carry on your shoulders because it's going to make you sick. It is literally going to manifest into some version of illness, imbalance, disease. Um, and so we owe it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. I couldn't agree more. That's what I have been realizing for the past years that, okay, I've had these hormonal balances and these sort of diagnoses that I was like, I didn't even think was possible because I was such a healthy individual, mm-hmm. but I didn't take note. And, and, and that, that's okay. I mean, this is, this is a journey. I'm not going to get it all right in one night, but emotions and these trauma wounds that lead the way and are not like are keeping us in autopilot and are very much in the driver's seat um, of this journey um, instead of our, our higher self. And um, I forgot my train of thought. <laughs> oh no, these uh, yeah, they 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 manifest physically, and I feel like that's that's exactly what happened. So now that I'm addressing those things and have been for quite some time now, I have noticed such a difference in my symptoms and have been able to put those to bed and also prevent them from reoccurring because that's also one thing that I was dealing with is reoccurring symptoms. Um, So going back to like what I said earlier and how trauma can imprint sperm from your father and how trauma can imprint the, the womb of your mother and how that's passed down to you and maybe you now carry it in your womb. Can you talk about that? Because you had put out a beautiful video relating to womb trauma and, and yoni seeming in particular. Yeah. So um, a few weeks ago, I shared something on Instagram about um, a practice that I do that is called yoni steaming. And it is basically um, a blend of herbs that... Um, are released via steam into the womb area for women. And it helps with an array of things. Um, Some women who suffer from extreme PMS symptoms, it can help with that. Um, But I do it more as a maintenance. Um, But the reason I discovered it is because I went through an extremely traumatic relationship. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And after I left that relationship and part of like that solitude healing journey, um, I was just researching different ways to find harmony within my body because I knew something felt off and I didn't want, I, I never really have been one to resort to pills and um, just finding things within nature that could be used as healing modalities was always my focus. And I found Yoni steaming. Um, so something I want to talk about first is womb trauma doesn't have to be this like deep dramatic life shattering sexual abuse experience like it can be created in little moments over a period of time um and that's any trauma you know it's not specific to womb trauma when we think about trauma often we you know our mind concludes that you know someone who has been raped or someone who you know saw a murder like just these extreme like obvious life altering events um i feel like trauma is an event or an experience in our life that removes us from our true essence like our pureness and when i talk about pureness i mean that same pureness we have as babies Um, that's why we all have it. We're not exempt from trauma. Everyone has trauma. Mm -hmm. It's all on different levels and it all looks different, but we all have it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when we talk about womb trauma specifically, this can be derived from being intimate with an unconscious partner. So someone who themselves, um, you know, have a lot of traumatic life experiences that we end up soaking through their life force energy. You know, for women, we have our womb. For men, they have their penis. That's their life force energy. That is, you know, their portal through which life is created. So, we need to look at these things as the sacred areas of our bodies that they are. Um, Yes, it can also be sexual abuse and it can also be generational as you were explaining before. So something that my mom may have went through even before I was created and decided to come into this earth realm, she could have passed on to me. And I'm like completely like oblivious. Like I'm like, (laughs) no, it's not even my fault. But yeah, yeah. It's not about blaming and whose fault is it and who isn't because the same thing happened with her and the same thing happened with her mom and her mom and her mom. And it's this true like lineage of womb trauma. <clears throat> so Yoni steaming is just, it's such a beautiful tool to use when you use it with intention. And I think that's something that is important for me to point out because I also think about crystals. I have this Argonite with me here. Um, for anyone who doesn't understand what this is, this is just a rock. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything special. It is what it is. It's, it's an object, right? 
But when I hold this in my hand and I understand where it came from and I hold it with intention and I pray on it and I allow it to to sit in my hand and I, I creatively visualize what this is doing to me and how it's affecting the energy not only within me but around me. That is how this is powerful. It's not the object itself. It's the intention that we put behind it. So that's what I think about when I do my yoni steaming because at the end of the day, it's just herbs, you know. Um, This is an ancient practice that has been done for ages and ages and it goes way back. Um, It's not something that's, you know, newly found. Um, But... As far as, you know, what I do when I sit within that practice, I really just allow myself to be in the moment and I feel the steam. I wanted to say penetrating, but I'm not even going to go. I know how people think, but that's the word that came to mind. Okay. It penetrates my womb area, for lack of a better term. I got you. Um. And I think about all this energy that doesn't belong to me being soaked up through the steam and removed and just sucked out of my body. And I tell you, I feel such a lightness when I do it. I can't explain it. Um, The same thing goes with meditation. Like, it's not about sitting in crisscross applesauce and like, oming and putting your hands on your knees like it's not about that mm-hmm. it's about sitting with yourself focusing on your breath allowing what comes to come and that's it like it's it's not this complicated practice it just intention is everything it really is um i carry that with me in my conversations um, everything I do in life, I try my very best and I'm not always successful at it, but I try my very best to always have intention. And when you do that with Yoni steaming, it's just, it's something I feel all women should try at least once, mm-hmm. at least once. Mm-hmm. I agree. I first got into yoni steaming as I was in the depths of my health struggles with hormonal imbalances and digestive issues and stuff. Um, And particularly my my periods, they weren't um, the best. They were finishing with brown blood. And so that's what I was like trying to just shed like just any old parts of the womb. So I DIY'd it at home and I got the herbs offline and just the practice alone. Just something about it, man. Like it was just so. And you know what that is? That's like our ancestral DNA that's already programmed in us. That's like, like the parts of us that we don't even know are there being like, I remember this. Like there's a part of us that knows that even if it's your first time doing it, you know that. It's not your first time doing it. You know what I mean? Like like where we come from, these women have done this. These women did this far before we were even a thought. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, you just get a good 20 minutes in and just you, your vagina feels really good after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the worst thing that can happen, but I, right. I agree with you. I think every woman should try it. It's so relaxing and it's setting the, just being intentional about it. Like you said, I feel like that's not something that I, I practiced so much when I was doing it. So now like I actually have been looking at some yoni herbs, but maybe I'll talk to you before I buy any. Um, and yeah, just get back into it again. Um, I also have been researching detox pearls. Do you have any like experience or have you done any research on that? I've heard of the term. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know what that is mm-hmm. because I don't. Um, okay. The only thing I'm familiar with that comes to mind um, is yoni eggs. That is oh. something that I'm well-versed in. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually have one over there, but I guess it's kind of pointless since they can't see. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have an obsidian yoni egg and I also have a rose quartz yoni egg um so yoni eggs are basically crystals or stones that are formed in egg shape and they come in small medium or large sizes um the large is actually what they recommend for beginners because it's easier for us to hold um a larger egg in our vagina rather than a small one. Um, Think about like when we do Kegels and things like that, if we have something of larger mass in there, it's easier for us to work with that rather than having something super, super tiny. Um, So yeah, if you've never done a yoni egg practice before, they do recommend starting with a larger size egg for that reason. And um, it's the same concept with crystals. So each crystal has different properties and different uh, functions, if you will. So rose quartz symbolizes love and it symbolizes pureness and that unconditional like light energy and um, that's a beautiful, beautiful yoni egg to start off with. It's really gentle. Um, and I think that's important when you're first starting. I have an obsidian as well, which is um, a black egg. And people kind of tend to deviate away from yoni um, obsidian eggs because it's super, super intense. Um, the first time I worked with it... Um, I had terrifying nightmares, like terrifying. Um, it's it, it brings a lot up. So what it does is it basically amplifies everything that already exists within your womb, like times a thousand, but it does this in, in order to transcend those things and to release them. Because again, you can't heal what you can't reveal. So the obsidian really goes in there and gets to work and it brings everything to surface and it makes you face the things that not only may you have been avoiding, but, um, the things you don't even know are there that are so deeply ingrained. Um, so maybe, you know, that's an egg you want to work with down the line. Or if you're mm-hmm. feeling brave, you can always, you know, experiment with it. 
there's no wrong or right way to do it. You always uh, should listen to your intuition when you're selecting any sort of crystal, whether it is a yoni egg or not. Allow it to choose you. Um, and it's really just an annoying, you know, when you hold it in your hand, how does it feel to you? Um, is there resonance? Does it uh, literally start, you know, does your hand start tingling when you hold it? Does your heart start racing? How do you feel? Like check in with how you feel. Um, so yoni eggs, you basically place it up maybe an inch up your, up, up your vagina, um, and you can, it, it's not recommended to do it overnight, although I have. Um, but again, the intention piece is the most crucial part. So you want to, you know, almost talk to your body, letting it know that you're going to be working with a yoni egg that is going to assist in your healing process and assist in not only strengthening the pelvic floors and the muscles within your womb, but also... Um, receiving the energy from that crystal. So mm. just being open to receiving what that crystal has to offer. Um, and I, I like to meditate with it. I like to sit and make sure um, my spine is, you know, touching the floor. So I have my butt on the floor for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, if, you know, ideally I do it outside and I just close my eyes and, I think about this yoni egg in my body and I think about what it's doing for me and I thank it and I thank it for everything that it has to offer and the way it's supporting my vagina and everything that it's, you know, contributing to my healing journey. Um, so that's a beautiful tool as well. Aside from yoni steaming, yoni eggs, um, again, nothing new. This is an ancient practice that has been done for ages and centuries. Um, but it's also a beautiful healing tool. Wow. I'm going to get one. <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, so you can walk with it in? It's not going to, like, just yeah. fall out? Like, what if you have a really, like, weak pelvic floor? Then what? <laughs> um, if you have a weak pelvic floor, I would recommend starting with just sitting. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you don't feel like you're ready to just walk around and mm -hmm. go about your day, maybe just five minutes a day just sitting with it. Um, doing Kegel exercises while it's inside of you. Um, that will help strengthen that pelvic muscle. Mm, um, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing yeah. Kegels, um, three sets of 10, <laughs> like every morning. Yeah, start. Yeah. Start with that. That's actually perfect because by the time you're ready to introduce the Yoni egg, um, you already have a good foundation. Um, mm. and it is a muscle, you know, we have, we have that pelvic floor muscle that you need to exercise every now and then. So yeah, yeah it's, it's really, really helpful, and it does amazing things. I'm curious to see what your experience will be like with it. How long have you been um, working with them? Um, I got my obsidian about three years ago, and my rose quartz I got hmm, maybe a year after that. Dang. So you, like, went reverse when they say to, like, try the rose yeah. quartz first. You're like, no, I'm going well, for obsidian. <laughs> Yeah, because that's the that's the stone that chose me. Mm, yeah. I couldn't, 
you know, I couldn't shy away from it. So I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> so the, the dreams that you, the nightmares, I guess, that you were having were relating to like the womb trauma that you or your mother may have experienced. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it was relating to that, but it was also relating to um, sexual experiences that I, ne- I didn't necessarily deem as negative, um, but they impacted me in ways that um, at that point I didn't understand. I, I didn't understand the way that it had affected me. Um, and I had to work through that. You know, I had to be that I think that was around the time I decided to um, be celibate and just clear myself of all the energy that didn't belong to me. Um, Because when we have these intimate sexual exchanges of energy with other people, um, we take all their shit on. Like, I really, I think about like, these are soul contracts that we're signing with these people. Like, it's not as casual and as platonic as you want it to be. That's cool that you want it to be friendly and you want it to be, you know, this or that. But regardless, you're taking on that person's energy. And if it's not, you know, we all have trauma. So if it's not something that you want and are willing to work through and with that person, then I really think it's important to to stop and think, you know, is this something, is this an energy that I want to invite into my field, into my space? Mm-hmm. Um, mm, you're so spot on. Yes. I think that's yeah. something we need more awareness. Uh, but like you said, like if someone chooses to do, to do that with someone and they want to keep it platonic like that, that's fine. But just be aware of what you're also taking on. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think uh, I'll just speak for myself. One of the ways I really started to become aware of um, what happens when you have sex with someone is how do you feel afterwards? Um, at my core, like my personality, my character, my heart, I am someone who is very youthful and I have a lot of joy and I laugh a lot and I laugh at myself a lot. And I'm just like, I have that naturally. And in the past, when I got myself into into situations with um, unconscious partners, I would feel so depleted of energy, but like strangely, like unusually. And I, I didn't understand, you know, where's this coming from? Like I couldn't pinpoint it. But after I started realizing the effect of having an intimate exchange with another partner, I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. Because while I experience pleasure in the moment, afterwards, it's like this complete shift, this like unshakable, like, just doesn't feel good. I don't feel good. I don't feel like myself. And I feel like moody and almost like irritable. And like, where is this coming from? Because it's not me. And and again, I, I have to speak for myself because I can't say that that's the case for other people. But for me, that's what that looked like. And I was like, damn, girl, you got to do different because this isn't <gasps> It's not, it's just, for me, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Um, 
And again, that intentional piece comes in. Like you have to be intentional with who you're sharing yourself with because Mm -hmm. it's so much more than an orgasm. It's so much more than busting a nut. Like, (laughs) I'm so sorry. sorry sorry That's so funny. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, No, but you're so right. It is so much more than that. It's a connection on such a deeper level and the energy exchange that occurs in those moments. uh, It carries on past that moment for sure. Mm. Um, I couldn't agree more. And when I was reading about these detox pearls, um, one thing that I read is like detoxing your ex or whatever sexual partner you had, even if that wasn't your ex. So you're like literally detoxing the energy and, um, there's a lot that comes along with them. Also something I quickly want to add. Yeah. I don't want anyone to feel like because they don't have yoni eggs and yoni steaming and all these like tools that you can't heal from those things because Mm -hmm. these are just tools. Um, when you, all you need is your mind and your intention. That's literally all the tools you need. You don't have to go to Amazon. You don't have to go to these places and find these external things. Like we have this power within us already. It's something that we carry innately and it's about tuning in and literally creatively visualizing what that looks like for you. Visualize energy that doesn't belong to you leaving your body. Talk to your body. Think it. You know, check in with it. What do you need right now? What doesn't feel good? What what can feel supportive right now? Um, what do you feel like is off? Like, we have this innate magic already. We don't need to seek these external tools. They're helpful, yes, um, but I don't want anyone to feel like they have to go out and buy all these things because you don't have to. You already have this power within you already. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And on the same note, um, same goes for healing any Well, I mean, yeah, womb trauma specifically, but any trauma specifically, because I think one thing that I learned as I was reading this book, it kind of brought up feelings of anxiety. And I was like, okay, like these things have happened. And now my genetics have been mutated. But there are also ways to reverse the expression of the the gene mutations and how they express themselves. And you said visualization and like deep meditations, like you literally have everything that you need right up here. And it's about accessing and tuning into those tools that you already have within you. Um, And that's just a daily practice of solitude, I think, being still and letting these things arise. And then you'll be able to reverse any of this stuff. Like you can be a cycle breaker and you have everything right in front of you. Right. Exactly. Everything you need to succeed is already within you. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I wanted to start wrapping things up. I wanted to first ask you um, if there's one thing that you could leave with our listeners as far as healing any traumas or eating or whatever comes to you. What is one of the like last words you want to say? Your final message. It's never too late. You can literally start right now. You're not, 
you know, if you want to have that conversation, you can have it right now, even if you've been putting it off. Um, and all the answers that we're seeking are already within us. No one has the answers for us. Mm. We have an intelligence that only we carry um, that is unique to us. And when you make space for your voice to be heard, even when your voice shakes, you know, speak your truth. Um, just keep it a buck with yourself. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And to piggyback off that, it is the Human Experience Podcast. So I like to ask every special guest at the end of the show, what makes you human? Mm. What a beautiful question. <laughs> what makes me human? Uh, my ability to love. Mm, yeah. My ability to embrace other people as they are um, without judgment, without condition, without expectation. Um, just ready to give love Um and even if it's not reciprocated, like, it's it's not about the other person. I give love because that's what feels good to me. That's what makes my heart sing. That's what fulfills me. And if it's reciprocated, great. Yes, mm-hmm. let's have a love party and love on each other and, like, <laughs> all the things. But, like, yeah. if not also cool like I still love you I may love you from a distance but it's all love at the end of the day it's all love Mm, I needed that I needed this whole conversation today like every word you spoke just spoke to my soul man and I know it'll speak to everyone else's soul too so I want everyone to keep up with you where can everyone find you so on Instagram you can find me at Venus dot ruler. Okay. I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> I put in the show notes too. <laughs> At Venus dot ruler. Um, I have so many, oh, so, so many for you. That I'm sharing with the world very soon. Um, I guess I'll share one of them now. I, I, shared something on my Instagram last night that got a lot of people excited and it got me excited in return. So um, I'm coming out with an ebook in the next few weeks. Um, I'm currently still in school. So I, it got delayed. I don't even like that word because everything is perfect as it is and everything is on time. So it's not a delayment, but uh, I say all that to say, I'm coming out with an ebook. It's going to be a plant-based, not your typical cookbook, recipe book. It's oh so gosh. much more than that. Um, so yeah, that is on the very near horizon. Um, I'm launching my website very soon as well. So you can find blog posts there. Um, You're going to find the services I have to offer. Um, Coaching, wink, wink. So if you're someone who is considering transitioning to a more holistic lifestyle, um, 
definitely your girl. But yeah, I love connecting with everyone online. It really brings me so much joy. Um, I have authentic connections that I've created online and it's just a little crazy to think about, you know, because these are just people we know online and we connect with them in, in such vulnerable, authentic ways and it, it just blows my mind a little. But I'm really grateful for my community and I just, I'm, I'm on this journey with you guys, you know, as you're evolving, I'm evolving and I'm just grateful to be seen and I'm so grateful for you as well. Thank you for making space for me today. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited for all of your endeavors that are about to take place in the right time and space. Um, excited for people to keep up with you and eat your food and um, get your services and just get to know you a little bit more um, if they haven't known like the depths of you through this conversation already <laughs> girl i know people who don't they're like damn you girl just laid it out all out on the table um, that's okay. mm-hmm. i have no like i'm like you know what you're gonna get all of me like it's not i'm not here to show up half-assed you know mm-hmm. this is this is who i am i love who i am i love who i'm becoming and i encourage people to feel the same way about themselves Mm-hmm. Like I said, then, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's then that we can love other people the way that we want to love them. Mm. Oh, God, I felt that. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning of the show, you are a real one. And real, recognize real, ma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, we'll stop talking now. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, And of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.